Hello, and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne, and thanks for listening. So this is going to be a part two to the homeschooling with ease, but today I'm going to add a conversation with Kay. And Kay is a good friend of mine, and I go to her for a lot of different things, one of which is help with homeschooling. I don't homeschool my kids, but she's the person that made me feel that I could take on the task when we decided to homeschool Haley prior to then deciding to send her to private school. Um, I know I mentioned in my last podcast that I would probably pick either homeschooling or private school at this point, and I don't really see homeschooling being completely out of the picture forever, but for right now, we're super happy where we are at Montessori. Um, But I think that right now, with the coronavirus and the world kind of being shut down and us all kind of melting together... um, we are kind of forced to be home schooling our children. What does that look like? What doesn't it look like? These are all questions that I'm sure I'm not the only one that wonders. I know that I've already kind of been through the rundown, but I think that having somebody who knows would be a really good asset, as somebody to be able to ask these questions to. I know for me, Kay is that person, and she sheds a lot of light. She's been homeschooling her kids for a a long time now. She's got five kids, multiple ages. So she's kind of in the same boat as I think a lot of us are. The routine that we once had is gone, and although we're getting a lot of assistance and guidance from our schools and from our teachers, that's great, but they're not in our homes all day, and they're not providing structure and routine. And so that's up to us to do that. And I think that for me, this has been a difficult time because we went into this not knowing how long it was going to last. And I feel like it keeps getting pushed further and further. And we're kind of in limbo. And are we really embracing this? Or is this just a temporary quick thing? Is this just going to be our kids are hanging out and having fun and, and then they'll go back? Well, it's been two weeks and it's been extended. So I feel like at this point, more than anything, you're probably now starting to realize, okay, now we really have to get to the meat and potatoes of educating our kids. And if you don't want to have them just get up and have a computer in front of their face all day, which I know I don't, what does that look like? And if you have more than one child, what does that look like? I feel like having somebody who can shed some light would be a very important thing. So that's why I wanted to have a conversation with Kay on my podcast today. I'm going to let her share some of her knowledge with you guys, and I hope that it helps to bring some ease to the current situation. It gives you some hope that you can get some ideas and that you are equipped to do this, even though you may be telling yourself you're not. Even if you don't want to do it, unfortunately, that's where we are right now. So I think your kids are going to thrive after you gain a little bit of knowledge and think outside the box a little bit. And I want to also urge you to remember that our kids are really internalizing this in their own ways. And this is hard for them too, just as it is very scary sometimes. And we have a wave of all different types of emotions about how we feel about this. So do our kids. And they're all going to 
feel differently and all at different times. And I think that we're given the time right now to be teaching them, but also being there for them emotionally to help them understand that they can talk to us. And I think we need to keep in mind that their learning isn't going to be as easy right now as it was before because everything in their life has been turned upside down. There's a lot of uncertainty for them and things are just so different. And if they're not really, you're not into a rhythm of what's going to happen each day and they're kind of all over the place, um, having them during this adjustment period, it is going to be difficult. But I don't think that means we just completely give up And we don't take full advantage of what this opportunity and what this time really can be. And I truly believe that even in these hard times, we can come out stronger, we can come out better. And and I feel like if we look back and say we really pressed hard to thrive and not just survive, um, so much positivity and new growth can be given. So... I'm going to move on to my conversation with Kay, and I hope that what she has to share gives you some hope like it did for me. Stay tuned. Pick up the cord so you can shut the door. Hey, Kay. Hey. Thanks for being here to talk with me. You're welcome. So, um, like we had talked about, I wanted to kind of bring light to sort of something that hasn't really changed too much in your world. But although I feel like homeschool doesn't look like this for you too, as far as isolation, you don't typically homeschool in isolation and you do go do things. So I know that's probably a change, but as far as homeschool um, and what everyone's facing right now, kind of what does homeschool look like and what doesn't it look like when you're educating your kids from home? Right. So, well, I can say what it doesn't look like is um, like what, how it looks like in school. It doesn't look like, you know, everyone's sitting down and working nicely on their little workbooks and paying attention to the teacher who has a chalkboard and all of that. Um, it definitely feels or can look what disjointed and even a little unorganized most of the time. Um, and I think it does take time to get into a good rhythm of what works for each family, because that what homeschool looks like is really different for each family. And I think that's really important to know and to, you know, come to terms with because, if you are trying to recreate a school setting or trying to follow a schedule, you're probably going to be very frustrated and disappointed with the outcome. So yeah, don't expect yeah. to like school. <laughs> right. Now let's talk about your current family situation. Um, let's hear a little bit about um, the ages of your kids and how many and how long you've been homeschooling. Okay. So I have five kids. Uh, We have always homeschooled. My oldest is 10 and my youngest is two. So right now we're all, we're on all evens. So we're two, four, six, eight, and 10. So technically speaking, we only have two children enrolled in school uh, and we will have three 
officially enrolled next year um, due to the uh, change in the law. So we will have a seven-year-old who will be registered. Okay. And so obviously you're looking at multi-ages that um, you're trying to do different work with at different times. How do you feel like is uh, you navigate that, especially with having a young one like two? Right. So even though we only have the two who are registered in school, which means, you know, up until just this year, um, you don't, you didn't have to register your children till they were eight or going into third grade. So, you know, this year we officially have two registered, um, but we have, you know, my six-year-old, six and a half-year-old is doing some schooling, um, but we don't have to be as strict with counting days. We don't have to count days for her. So the older two where we are counting days, we need 180 days of school to count for a year. Um, but that doesn't mean that the other ones aren't learning, um, even my four-year-old. Uh, and I think that's an important part of understanding homeschooling is that it doesn't, you know, your, your children are always learning. Everyone is a homeschooler, really. Uh, because we're always teaching our children all the time in our habits and things that we do, um, rituals and, um, you know, traditions that we pass down. Those are all part of the learning experience. Uh, and so in a way, you know, everyone homeschools or home educates their children in their own way. We just don't always are not always focused on the academic aspect of that. And I think that's what's different. So in in a homeschool family is that we are we are encompassing all of that so for us it just took some time to figure out what's going to work and how how this is going to look and it changes each year as my two older my boys as they get older and they become more independent this year has shifted some and so usually what ends up happening is we have the morning is sort of open and free. There is not, we do not have a lot of structure to our morning because I feel like with a younger one who still takes a nap in the afternoon, I need my mornings to be able to get other things done. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll be out shopping in the mornings um, or trumpet lessons in the morning um, we don't sit down and do book work typically in the morning. Now with my older two, they have, we've sort of separated their work for them into what we call independent work and group study work or um, other book learning that we do together. And because they're so close in age, they're really only a year and a half apart. Um, they're both basically almost on the same level. Um, and they can do a lot of independent work. So they know what their independent work is and they can really do that anytime they want. So sometimes they'll wake up and if they're real motivated, they'll just get started even before breakfast if they want to get it out of the way and they'll just sit down and, and do their independent work. And then I just, you know, check over it. Or if they have questions, I try to answer that in the midst of doing breakfast and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we save um, the other stuff that takes more quiet time and concentration, we save that for the afternoon when it's nap time. 
So when I put my two-year-old down for a nap, that's like, okay, everybody, it's time to take a deep breath and it's quiet time now. So for my four and six-year-old, they usually will play quietly or do something quiet while I sit with the older two and read to them. Sometimes the girls will sit in and listen to those readings. Sometimes they don't. And, you know, I don't require them to. So they sort of get their free time in the afternoon. Okay. Now, do you have where every day is sort of the same structure like this? Or do you have kind of flexibility with that um, so that it's consistent? Or do you kind of just switch it around as needed? Yeah, each day we do have a loose schedule, uh, depends on what the day is. So like, um, Monday is our, you know, morning where my oldest has his trumpet lesson. So we go and see the teacher and we all go together and then we'll do, you know, any shopping at like Costco that we need to do. And that's not every week, but maybe every other week or every third week, Tuesday is our market morning. And I consider that part of our school day. Because mm-hmm. again, that's part of their education as a, as a person, I'm raising people. I'm not raising, you know, academics, <laughs> uh, you right. know, we want them to learn academically, but I want to raise them to have life skills. So it's important to me to bring them with me to market. Um, would it be, you know, easier to leave them home and go real early before my husband leaves for work? Yes. <laughs> it would <laughs> cut my time. But, and a lot of people think I'm crazy for bringing five children to Central Market and doing my shopping, but I consider that part of their education. You know, that's, they are getting to know, you know, how we shop and what we do. And um, they love, you know, handing the money and, you know, figuring out change in their head a little bit at a time here. Um, And just things like that. And just daily life. I don't want to exclude them from what life looks like. And so it's important to us to include them in what we do in our day. Um, And then Wednesday is usually kind of our down, like we stay, that's our stay at home day. We don't usually plan anything on Wednesdays. um, So that's just more relaxed, usually Wednesdays and Thursdays. And Friday has become kind of our library morning. Um, And we have some other things in the morning on Friday. And co-op usually meets on Thursdays, every other Thursday. So there is some structure that we keep to. And I found that really like I, I, this was the first year that I made a schedule for us to try to follow and it worked okay in the beginning, but I just found that the day and, and your life really dictates your schedule and what it's going to look like. And I, I do tell people like we fit school and academics and book work around our life schedule. We do not fit our life around school. Mm -hmm. And I try to keep that perspective that we fit school in where it fits and the way that it's going to serve everyone and not the other way around. So yeah, my life and doing life and, you know, that is more important to me because I think something that, you know, we, came to terms with when we were deciding why we want to homeschool. And you talked a little bit about this, why you consider doing it, but you know, we wanted to educate our children as a whole person and we didn't want it to be solely focused on academics. We want that 
obviously is a very important part. So we want that to be a part of it, but it was important to us to, um, you know, let them be children, let them enjoy their childhood. And I didn't feel like that purpose was served if we were fitting our life around book learning. So that leads me to, um, let's say, does it ever run into the evening um, where maybe they don't get their work done, the older kids that they know is their independent work and you're noticing that's happening and you don't obviously just let that go because, you know, it needs to be done. Does it ever float into the evening time or how do you handle that as far as that goes? Yeah, we've not run into that um, because they know that they, that's not what they want to be doing. Um, so again, that, mm -hmm. that comes back to the idea of giving children some freedom in deciding how they use their time. Uh, you know, when they're in a school setting, everything is scheduled for them and mm -hmm. they don't learn how to manage time for themselves. So I, I, do keep things fairly loose and I let them choose when they're going to do their score. So if they wanted to save everything for the end of the end of the day, that would be their choice. <laughs> and they would, I don't think that they would prefer that though, because then they're missing out on family time with daddy and, you know, he gets home from work and we want to just chill and hang out or they have other activities maybe that they want to be doing in the evening that they know they would miss out on if they hadn't done their work. So, um, you know, they're not always super motivated to do their work, but they also know that like, well, you have a choice. You can do it now or you can do it later. Um, that's totally, right. I'm not going to fight with you to make you do it now. Um, so I think that that puts the responsibility on them and takes some pressure off me of feeling like I have to be the enforcer. Um, you know, it doesn't, there are often times when I do have to enforce and be like, look, this is what we're doing. I, you know, throwing yourself on the floor and yeah. don't want to is not acceptable. <laughs> like you can do that, but it's not going to make your problem go away. So, right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, like doing evening work, you know, if, if we don't have to, and we've never really run into uh -huh. that situation far. Yeah. Now I think that kind of leads me to, what would you kind of suggest at this point for, you know, these moms and dads that are in a situation where they're sort of having to structure this now? And we also have isolation happening. So it's all basically at home because we're ordered to stay at home. Um, and how to handle that when you are going from a setting where your child and the parent had everything structured for them. And now that all falls. I think. Because that's sort of what they were already doing at Montessori. They had a planner and they got to sort of, you know, that's a life skill is something that they're going to need to know when they get older. How do I manage my time? But then they would also have the instruction of, you know, well, you didn't get this done. So now, unfortunately, you have to do it now. And like you said, they will come to realize, well, I don't want to do it then, but it does need to be done kind of like real life. 
what are some things that you would suggest in this time might be helpful to kind of start with um, to kind of set ease a little bit or make it a little easier to maybe get in that mindset for starting a week out? Yeah, well, I think we're in a really unique situation here. Um, Americans everywhere are in a very unique situation because, you know, and, and I think it goes, you know, from one district to the next, what's required or expected. So there are some parents who are being expected to keep up with everything. And that's going to look different from the parent who has been sent home with maybe nothing. Um, and, you know, I think if you're a parent who's been sent home with mm-hmm. no real instruction or tools, you might be feeling more overwhelmed than you know, someone else who's been sent home with something, but everyone is, is in a very unique situation. And I think really the parent who's been sent home with nothing is at a real advantage. Um, and they might not feel like that, but I, I truly believe that they have an advantage over every other parent who maybe has a stack of books or resources because, If there is not really anything being expected of you or your child, just think of this freedom that you have to invest in your children the things that you feel are worthy things to be invested in your children. You have the freedom to give your child the freedom to choose what they want to learn about. What are they interested in? You know, we all have interests and if, if as an adult, you wouldn't want to be told to sit down and read a book about a subject you have no interest in, why would we assume that our children need to get over it and do and just learn this because you're supposed to learn it? You know, um, you know, there are some things that they need to learn, whether they like it or not. Um, you know, math, writing, <laughs> handwriting, spelling correctly. Um, but in terms of mm-hmm. other stuff, uh, we learn better and retain more information when we're learning about something that really grabs our interest and, and something that we really want to know. So I would say, take the opportunity to get to know your child, um, talk with them, understand what their interests are and say, okay, you, you know what, this is an amazing opportunity you have here to, to dive into that thing that whatever it is that you are loving right now, and glean as much from it as you can. And, and you can go far with that sort of mentality of uh, like almost like a child-led education, which unschoolers do that sort of thing um, all the time. And I really love the unschooling idea and model. And mm-hmm. we try to incorporate some of that into you know, our own educational <laughs> philosophy um, and try to just really let, let them indulge their interests and, um, and go with that because they will retain so much more on a certain subject. And, and who's to say what's more important to learn about, you know, are, are, you know, is Christopher Columbus more worthy to know about than Patrick Henry, or, you know, we want to be able to recognize these names, but it's not super important if they know every little thing about everyone in history or, you know, every animal out there, if they really love sea creatures and they're not so interested in lions and tigers, then okay, you know, let them go for that. And don't say, well, this lesson is over and now we're moving on to the next one. 
um, you really have that opportunity to just linger on a subject for as long as they're, as mm -hmm. they want to. And when their mind gets tired of it, they'll want to move on to something new. And that's just the natural process that happens even with adults. So I think it's a, it's a real opportunity to embrace the freedom and say, you know what, go for it. If you're just really into art, if you have a kid who's really into art, just let them do it, you know, give them, give them the freedom to do that. I think it's a great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you mentioned that this could be a good opportunity and not feel that way. Cause I know when you, you know, don't have anything, sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, but you might have it all right in front of you and you don't even realize it. So I think that was something really good to mention. Um, and I think this is all really good information. I know it's helped me because, you know, I was kind of used to, although I have the same kind of philosophies and agree with everything, um, you know, yeah. I had a structure that was dropping them off <laughs> and picking them up. And so even that's kind of like, you know, you feel like you need to control it. I mean, I know, especially with my personality and, you know, I'm the parent, I feel like I got to figure it out. And I do like that. The more I've noticed in the past two weeks that I've allowed myself to realize that by backing off and giving more to them that they're capable of, but I don't see it because I feel I'm responsible to figure it all out. The more I just kind of back away the more it, I think everybody's feeling at ease. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to touch on is that, yeah. you know, give our kids, they're, they're a lot more capable than we even realize. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they do want to learn. It's just finding that. And it is, it's a great opportunity just to get to know, you know, your child in a little bit of a different way. And um, I hope that going out of this families um, kind of have a different maybe viewpoint on it. And um, kind of see it in a different way. So I appreciate all that you shared. Is there anything else? I would say don't would underestimate the anything you want to share power of or... reading aloud to your kids. You know, if nothing else, I'm sure everyone has a, a good few books on their shelves that they could sit and read aloud to the family. I think um, children learn a lot. Um, you know, I would I would do away with all the fussiness of workbooks and grammar and spelling and English, you know, stick to the basics, have them do maybe some math here and there and let the rest be led by what you are able to dive into as a family and just read aloud to your children. They learn so much that way. And if you're reading a good book, um, there's, there's so much to be gained from that experience and not even that you have to discuss it after or have questions for them to answer. Don't ruin it. You know, just read it out loud to them. Um, I think the little house series is a great place to start if you have those books or you could probably find them on audible. I think audible is free right now. So there are lots of resources like that, that if you don't happen to have good books in your house, um, they are not that difficult to find online right now. And that is a great place start and end really. I mean, reading aloud is a powerful thing. So we, a lot of our afternoon time is that we sit and I read, I mean, for an hour or more, um, I do reading from lots of different books on, you know, storybooks, fiction, nonfiction, and, and then we call it a day.
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is um, something that mm. with technology has gotten put aside, unfortunately. Um, and I do think that was a good thing to point out just to silence and, and get back to basics a little bit. So if nothing else, mm. I think that what we're going through can be a little bit of a restart in a way um, for people. So, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing because it's, uh, definitely never a waste of time to have to have the chance to hear what somebody else has to share. Um, and hopefully we can all be coming together in this time to not point the finger, but to open up our minds to hearing from all different viewpoints, because this is different for everybody. You're welcome. And thanks for Um, having me. So Thank you so much, Kay. So that was a great conversation I just had with Kay. I hope that it kind of resonated with you. I know that I'm going to make some changes going into this week. It's Tuesday. And so it's kind of like we have the rest of the week to kind of regroup and focus. You know, what questions do you still have? What struggles do you still fight with? Um, What other content would you like to hear? Let me know. Um, You know, I share this not because I'm an expert. I share because right now I feel the need to shed value in a time when it's needed. And I want to talk about positive things and share things that people probably need to hear right now. And I know are helpful for me because it keeps the positivity flowing and it keeps us thriving and not just surviving and panicking and being fear-filled. I think it's time for us to realize that, you know, let's just focus each day on what we can control, which is our family unit situation and what it looks like to have our kids home with us. So I hope that this was helpful. Like I said, let me know questions, content, information. What does this look like for you? And how is this going to change what you do today or even tomorrow? As always, thank you for listening. This is In the Studio with Ann Podcasts. Until next time.